beyond all like the cool things that you can do with intuition, I honestly think that this is the evolution of the species. You know, we were walking on all fours at some point, we decided to stand up. I do think that the species itself is becoming more telepathic. What we're doing is a science that like is just not there yet. Prophecies have foretold and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Today, you're in for a very special treat. We are interviewing Nikki Novo, who is a Cuban-American best-selling author, spiritual teacher, and intuitive healer. She is so funny and fun and intuitive and deep and grounded. We go talk about everything from dating to apps in this time to the evolution of men and how they can meet us and the transformation that they're going through on this time in the planet to intuition, how to use your intuitive gifts, how to really hone your experience and working with your guides. And we go deep about how to understand these things. And in Nikki's work, she teaches a soul academy where she helps women reveal the gifts within themselves and get into a finer tune and vibration with them. So I really hope you enjoy this recording. I had so much fun, we just finished and I'm like bubbling with joy. I took notes when she talked about dating because I'm single myself and I've struggled with this times dating experience. And so I hope you, I hope you learn something. I hope you take something away and enjoy. Welcome. Welcome, Nikki. Thanks. We're so happy to have you here. Excited to be here with you ladies. Thank you so much. I want to give a shout out to Stephanie Anson, just right off the bat. She would enjoy that shout out very much. She, for introducing us, I met you several years ago. I don't know how long it was, maybe five? Yeah, five years like ago, five and three, like something like that. And you gave me a reading at a time when Global Sisterhood was in a big transition, and it really informed a lot of things. And I thank you for it, and I look forward to diving into this conversation. And so I first want to start with, you know, obviously someone who is doing the work you do in the world, who's attuned to her more mystical, call it psychic, if you will, though I think they're gifts that everyone has. How did you realize or awaken to the fact that you had this capacity when maybe other people didn't? That might have started in childhood. So just go ahead and share a little bit about that journey for us. So I was definitely of the belief that psychics were like superhuman that like either you're born with it or you're not you know I think there's a lot of intuitives out there maybe some of like the celebrity intuitives that we see um, even just the ones that you see on TV that there's typically some sort of story of like oh when she was three years old she 
saw her grandfather die and you know knew that this this person was going to get sick and all these you know had these predictions at a young age and I didn't have any of that and I always laugh and make the joke that like I I grew up Catholic Uh, my parents are Cuban and if I would have came and like had some sort of prediction you know they would have put me in some sort of like nun school I don't know what and been and like be like releasing me of the demons for sure so thank god I never came out and said that I had any visions because they would not have been welcomed at all in my home. So I grew up very, you know, very normal, like not knowing any of that about myself. Um, again, attending Catholic school my whole life. There was one moment that I, we had this uh, religion teacher tell us that people were called into service, like that God would come and call you in the middle of the night. He would send an angel, a really big angel to your bed and tell you that you were going to be a nun or a priest. And I was like, and I remember I was in third grade and that like really impacted me. I was like, holy shit, they're going to call me and that angel's going to come to my bed and I'm going to freak out. <laughs> and my mom says that I didn't like sleep for like a week because I was like so concerned that I was going to be called. So I feel like, you know, there was probably something in me that knew I was uh, connected to source or maybe a light worker or something because I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that remembers that talk in third grade and but you know I didn't have like any signs of any sort of gifts again it wouldn't have been welcomed so actually I was in my you know early mid to early 20s and I went through a bad breakup I was dating somebody and thought that you know this was it and really thought like my life was about to begin with my new partner of course and out of nowhere he breaks up with me and just like what every girl who's recently heartbroken, like, what are you going to do? You're going to go find yourself a damn good psychic. So I, you know, I went shopping around. I, I was, I wasn't a, like, since I was raised Catholic, it was kind of um, like a no-no to, to do that. And I had never sought out any sort of psychic advice, but I really needed somebody to tell me that I was going to marry a doctor in two years and that everything was going to be okay, you know? And so I had like a few girlfriends that were like rebelish and they were, open to helping me find this psychic and we went to a lot of different people some of them were just you know it was just this you know you go you're going to like I don't know some back alley to sit with some woman with something on her head and like her cat or something and you're not sure what's happening and you know you're thinking in your head like this is why my mom told me not to do this but here I am trying to you know figure out what's going to happen in my future so I had a lot of like funny experiences most of them were horrible but I did land upon this one woman in Miami Beach and it was just so amazing how even she came our way like I was at dinner with two of my best friends and we were talking about how our psychic pursuits have been a total failure and we can't believe we haven't like met one and we were in Lincoln Road which if you guys know Miami Lincoln Road and like the parking situation are so separated like there's no way that anybody would know where you parked like if you were in Lincoln Road and we were having this conversation and yeah sure somebody could have like maybe overheard us so we get back into our car super far from where we were eating and I get into the I'm getting into the passenger side and in the passenger side of the car there's a business card that says angel readings and I like looked at my oh friends my and I, like, I'm telling you, there's just no way. I mean, unless somebody you know, followed us from, you know, to dinner, but we didn't even go straight to dinner. We did a bunch of stuff in between. So it's just, it's impossible, but there was a card, but they went inside no, like, your you know car. People like stick like cards, like at your, 
like oh, right okay, when you're okay, about okay. to. Yeah, I was about to be like, that's a creepy yeah. psychic. <laughs> creepy psychic. <laughs> her mind <laughs> telepathically <laughs> threw it into the car. No. So, um, so yeah, anyways, I get this thing and I'm like, listen, I've already had, because I had just had a psychic tell me that I was never going to be happy unless I ended up with that guy. So I was like, I'm done, guys. Like, I'm out, you know? And my one girlfriend was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Like, give me the card. I'll call. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be the guinea pig. So she, she went for it. She booked the session, you know, at some point and came back and she was like, this lady's amazing. Like, you guys have to go. And we were like, no way. So sure enough, we go. And she really like changed my life in many ways. She was very accurate. She was definitely a psychic that had been like a psychic her whole life. But what was interesting for me in that moment is as I, w- I was receiving the reading, I had this bizarre question that come up in my head and I asked her, I'm like, Tariq, do you think I could do that? Like, do you think I could do what you do? And I was at the time, you know, a fashion and beauty editor. I was working at either a magazine or Refinery29 at the time. I don't remember. So I had, you know, I had my career. I was going somewhere like I didn't I didn't I wasn't like looking for a new career or anything like that. And she was so kind to tell me, yeah. She's like, yeah, you can totally learn to be intuitive. Like she told me that I could, she was connecting to angels. And that felt very safe for me because, you know, it was like, okay, angels are in the Bible. And, um, (laughs) you know, she. (laughs) And the angel's going to come to your bed. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, I'm going to be a Christian witch. I knew this angel was going to come and get me one day. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, like she was so nice and she handed me some books. And I first definitely started reading up on angels because that's like what she was connecting to. And um, I was really like editor by day, you know, fashion, beauty, you know, living that Miami life and witch and training at night. So I just, I was training myself. I was reading these things. I always had this joke with my, I had two roommates at the time. And I remember telling one of my roommates being like, listen, if anything happens to me, if I die in a car accident, you're not going to mourn my death. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to go under my bed and you're going to take out all those scary books about like, Jesus and angels and spirit guides. I was like, you're going to burn those books and you're not going to tell anybody that I was ever into this stuff because I was so like at the time, you know, wasn't like this was, you know, 2000 and I guess this was probably this must have been like 2007 or so. So, you know, it was just it wasn't out there. It wasn't expect, you know, it wasn't expected. I mean, I, I had a whole life and I was doing this on the side. So but I loved it. Yeah, you could be a yeah, blue pop. totally. <laughs> and I loved it. I was just, I was, just, it was a pure joy. And I was getting places, you know, I was like, I was able to connect. I was having dreams. I was, um, you know, I was dating at the time. So everybody I would, you know, I would read their energy and I was like psychoanalyzing. <laughs> it was super fun. So I was having a good time. And then ultimately what ended up happening was um, I just fell in love with the work so much. And I, I, I started to write self-help first dating self-help was like my first um, place I would write it from a spiritual angle because I thought that there was you know dating could be such a grim thing and nobody and like it's almost like this the black sheep of I don't know yeah we'll have to go back into dating because it can be a extremely grim yeah, thing. because and also <laughs> like I feel like in the personal development world or whatever it's like we would talk we can talk about money we can talk about motherhood we can talk about all the stages of being a woman but like god forbid you talk about dating like it's such a you know an ugly thing or if there's something wrong with you if you're if you're single was really the message I was getting so I was writing about that for a long time mm-hmm. and that really just started to pick up and still I was intuitive but I wasn't telling anybody I was at that point and um, but then when people want to start to see me one-on-one because I was writing and you know sometimes when you just talk about a topic and people end up you know seeing you as like an expert or a guru or whatever 
And as people wanted to see me, that's when I started using my intuition and I could see what was going to happen and all that. So I kind of, I had to come out of the closet because people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm reading your energy or I'm, or I'm doing, or I'm connecting to this guide. And um, it was very freeing. It was very scary to come out. And mm. also, mm-hmm. you know, turn like I was concerned that magazine my friends that were you know at Condé Nast or whatever that they were going to judge me or I was leaving a whole industry to go into something that was very strange and we were literary like we should I should have been reading like novels not books about mystical Jesus or something you know so so it was like a really hard it was a really hard time but I enjoyed it I trained really hard and then ultimately I learned by sitting in meditation with a spirit guide, I learned how to do the readings that I do do today and the ones that I train people on. Um, it's just a method that I do that I learned by just being a nerd and sitting in meditation and getting them. And, you know, that was really like the, the story. That's how I ended up here. And now it doesn't feel like a scary thing, but it was a scary thing in the process. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I'm curious if any of your fears were validated, like in the process of coming out of the spiritual closet, because I know for myself and perhaps even for Laura and definitely the women in our community, that there's so many fears. Like this person's gonna think this of me, perhaps, you know, I'm gonna be shunned away from my community or my parents or et cetera, et cetera. And I'm curious if you did have to have any, you know, difficult experiences because of coming out of the spiritual closet. Yeah, I mean, I think those overall fears can definitely be valid, but then I think also, I feel like we've all been killed as witches at some point in our past lives. So we're definitely triggering a lot of those memories during this process for sure. Mm -hmm. And just overall like abandonment, you know, issues. There's just so much that's being triggered when you are trying to do something that the patriarchy has told you is bad. Mm -hmm. You know, intuition and a woman's intuition is really like a rebellion against, against the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's so many reasons why it feels wrong, quote unquote. So not only like, are you afraid that you're going to lose people, but you also think, like you said, like you're going to be shunned. And I think that's just deep in like a woman's lineage, first of all. As for like, was any of that true for me? For sure. Like my mom, my mom is, you know, like my number one critic always. I've had a, had a hard upbringing and she would like go to my house and see like my deck of cards and she would take them from the house or like sage and I would come back home and I'd be like man where's the where's that deck of cards and my dad would like would tell me he's like your mom she took them from you so like you know my mom till this day <laughs> really is very much like against what I do like had a really hard time but she didn't leave me you know what I mean like she may not agree with it mm-hmm. and she doesn't like it but it's not like I wasn't invited into like party you know family dinners or anything like that so I always felt like if I could get past that I can get past anybody you know critiquing critiquing me or or not liking my work Um, and honestly uh, I was obviously afraid I was already married at this time when I was like really coming out and my husband didn't sign up for that you know he signed up for like a fashion and beauty editor (laughs) and all of a sudden like he was like stuck with like you know this woman that was doing readings so I was very respectful of that I, I could like you know if he would have done that to me I don't know how I would feel right like if he told me hey I do this and then all of a sudden I'm completely switching and I want to be I don't know a preacher or something maybe yeah. it would be hard but lucky enough he's a weirdo himself so he was very much like he's <laughs> like you know he, he's like I, yeah he was you. very much you do you like 
we kind of, I think it is important that if you're getting into this work or if you see yourself transforming, if you're currently maybe in the sisterhood and, and really, or anything that you're going through transformative, I do believe that it's important to keep that within a cave for a little bit, which is why community is so important, which is why it's nice mm-hmm. to have the sisterhood or in our case, we do the, the soul Academy because actually my brother told me this, like, in tech you know like some of these tech people they come up with these ideas and they're not telling people right away they're incubating it for a bit until it's like ready it's kind of like being pregnant like you know you're not doing all these things with a baby it's inside your belly for a while so the I one thing that I did do well was even though I was going through that process and I was coming out I wasn't forcing myself to come out in a big way I wasn't like having deep conversations with my family or my friends about this change I was like I'm just gonna do this thing until somebody brings it up to me (laughs) that was kind of my my way of doing it like until somebody tells me that they're feeling uncomfortable I'm just gonna keep going Mm -hmm. and my husband did a great job of like letting me do that and my friends were people laugh to they, they find it funny that like my girlfriends don't even ask me for readings like they they let me do my thing. I actually had a, uh, I did a podcast interview with my brothers, my two brothers, so I'm in the middle. And it was about that. I was like, what, what is it like to have, to have seen me go through that process to come out of the closet? Like, were you concerned? And I always joke, I'm like, it was the worst podcast episode ever because they had nothing to say. They were like, oh yeah, no big deal. Like, you know, it's like people are not thinking about you <laughs> as much as you think they are. My brother was like, yeah, we think it's weird, but like, you know whatevs like you know they're more interested in their own lives and like they love it was like I was like wow that was like the worst episode ever but it was really just to kind of remind me too that you know you're going through the process you're having all these worries they're actually coming from like your cells almost like it's not even so much that it's true it's just that it's been in our lineage for so long that to go outside of it feels very scary but you'd be surprised how little it really does matter to other people you know as long as you know for the most part my hope is that you're around people who love you and they're going to be happy for you and as long as you don't make it a big deal and you don't make it like a big thing people will support you and the people that don't like will fall off and you will attract even more people who are like you into the stuff that you do because you're you're attractive at that point because you're really living into who you truly are right And you're at such a unique position, every person, when they're having an awakening of some kind, whether it's to spirituality or to their gifts or to a new chapter in their life and that verge of having to let go of an old self and step into a new is scary. And you yourself, Nikki, you are with women all the time as they're doing that in your school, in Soul Academy. And so I'm curious about what you get to what you get to learn actually about maybe the collective wounds of women and what we're stepping into based on having this school where women are reawakening to their full power which does include their mystical gifts yeah it's a great question lauren um the there's like a a nickname for me in the school it's called grim reaper barbie because they say that I come off like nice (laughs) and sweet but I'm really here to just kill everybody like to kill like you know and I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, I am the Grim Reaper. I'm. Wait, I'm curious. What it, well, why? Wait, why are you here? Well, tell me more I don't details. kill the people. They're just ready to die. And I'm just taking them to the underworld. <laughs> it. It's like, guys, I didn't kill you. You were just, you, you were ready to die. And I'm just, I'm the keeper of like 
the dead ego and moving into whatever whatever is next for them. So what have I experienced? You know, I, I have experienced like pure, I've, I've experienced more good than bad, but for sure there is a lot of just so much shedding that happens before you step into yourself. I think most most of the women come into the program ready to be like the next version of themselves. I think we, we're, we always sign up for things when we're like ready, you know, like, oh, I can't wait to be that or I can't wait to be like my queen self or, you know, whatever the next stage is. And most of us are just like not as prepared for the shedding that happens and all the letting go and really like the grief that happens. I mean, it's very similar to becoming a mother. You know, you're you're birthing this child and then all of a sudden you're you are a new person, but there's so much grieving like while you're becoming that new person. So there's a lot of grieving, mm-hmm. you know, that happens that I don't I don't think people are like super aware to. And then, of course, there's this such an empowerment because when you find that truly all the answers are within you, you know, like we've all heard that, we've seen the Instagram like quotes or whatever, but when you are actually holy crap like i was just able to close my eyes and like tell that this woman you know because they're reading each other so you know like i was able to close my eyes and see that this woman had this thing happened to her five years ago like i did that without knowing that you know it's really amazing to see people to see women like truly reclaim their power because it's just like you said everybody has the gift it's all within us it is a natural part of us and it's just a reclaiming of that and it's the best to be able to see that process I imagine that would be really rewarding it's rewarding I know for me personally like I've been going through this phase of becoming much more intuitive like knowing things right before they happen or like thinking of someone the second before they message me or and it's it's kind of a trip yeah you know like it makes you wonder about how the world works and what's actually going on (laughs) Shayna trips out about it. She's like, I know things. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, that's kind of the process. Like, when the girls are like, what? Like, how do I, you know, because it's like you're you're just, you, it's almost like you're in awe of like your own creation. You know what I mean? Like you're in awe of your own self. Like, wow. You know. <laughs> it's true. And like the more and more it opens and I see like all these different facets of the gift. I'm like, who's this? You know, and for me, it is it is a death process, too. Like, I recently, I went through a death process, and, like, I am grieving. Like, today I was talking, I went on a f- walk with a friend, and I was realizing that I was talking about high school the whole time. But there's, like, this part of me that's, like, still in that because I'm letting it go, yeah, you know? I'm, like, talking about this old self so that I can move forward with this, like, new reborn person. But I'm still, there's part of me that's still holding on. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That's, you know. Yeah, we do a lot of those mm-hmm. healings. We do past self healings in, in Soul Teacher, and we basically, we lay to rest, like, the former the former versions of ourselves. Because that's definitely kind of what you're explaining, that you're, you're having these, you know, like, all of a sudden, like, the gifts are just clicking and they're turning on. For sure, what I feel it is, is, like, that's our natural state, right? Like as we're connected and it's our natural state to be intuitive, but we have a bunch of like layers on top of us, like all this jack- these jackets so we can't feel like the t-shirt that's underneath. Like we don't even know, we- we're not even sure we have a t-shirt on because there's just so many layers on top. So as you start to unlayer, so um, a lot of intuition starts to come as you start to heal, you know, maybe you signed up to 
to work with a therapist or you go through some sort of transformational um, program or something, naturally your soul starts to do more of the talking. My belief is that intuition is the language of the soul. So you're really just connecting to that soul part of you that is not held down by the physical body and you're able to just like connect there. The also intuition is really a practice of being able to read the unseen. So everything is energy and even if you can't see it, you know, and there's something in our mind, like as we learn to release stuff and our mind is not as busy anymore, we become more focused, we more, more connected with our spirit, our soul. You end up, I mean, we train people to hold the focus to learn to read, but it also happens very naturally. Like it'll happen naturally if you're going through like an awakening process. And basically your mind is able to hold still for just enough to pick up energy that's not able to be seen or you have guides with you like some sort of divine guidance with you it could be you know spirit guides ancestors ets like whatever you're interested in you know or whatever is with you and you start to hear them supporting you so you that's why people are like oh i received this message or i downloaded this message it's a little different than reading energy where like reading it's like you you're going out to hold your mind and hold your focus to read and then some of it is like we're receiving messages. And it's very similar to like if you've ever had an experience with like your grandmother who passed away and you're like, man, I really feel like she's with me and she told me this thing. She's a spirit or a soul like anything else. So there's other energies that can share those messages with us too. So um, it sounds like that's you, you probably you're just like hearing your guide more and more right now. Yeah, I'm starting to hear my guides. But one of the things I've been focusing on is discerning like who I'm talking yes. to. Because for a while there were like some, you know, interesting energies maybe that were like trying to confuse me, you know, and we're sending mm-hmm. things through that were a little weird. And I think that happens a lot in the spiritual community and people take it as gospel. Yeah. yeah, there's a teacher in a lineage I follow that calls them false guides. They come in actually to distract and they come in through like a part of your wounding or a part of your ego that wants to be seen as doing something or wants to be recognized or whatever the the attachment is that distorts the actual clear connection with your guide. I mean, I couldn't say better, Lauren. That was like a perfect explanation. And also, Shana, that's very like next level to even be aware of that because definitely in my work, we see a lot of people who are like so excited to connect. It's so funny. I was so afraid to connect. So I, because I, you know, it came from a different, um, you know, I'm older than a lot of the girls that I teach and it was a different time. So I was like not excited about this at all. I was just being called to it and I knew I needed to follow it. But now we see a lot of people who are excited about it and who want to connect so badly that they will call in, um, Lauren, what you were saying, the false guides and take it as the truth. And, you, you know, they can really... They can mm-hmm. really take you, you know, they're, they're not going to be like super damaging. It could be dangerous. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, it can. you know, it could, it's not going to, you're not going to, I mean, throw yourself off a cliff or something that it just feels yeah, off. It's off and you can be just sharing the wrong thing. And, and I'm sure we've all experienced that. Maybe some of us have been to a psychic and we're like, oh, that was so off. That did not sound. And it's like, it's also important to know whoever is reading for you like what are they connecting to so we definitely one of our values in soul in soul academy is integrity and that's part of it it's like what are you connecting to like what state are you in when you're connecting because that's very important like you know have you ever 
use like a tarot deck to get an answer for something and you're in a really anxious place like you yourself are so anxious and you're like just tell me the answer you pull a card and it's like the scariest card ever it's like the card you do not want <laughs> a lot of that <laughs> yeah exactly it's like tower card and you know everybody's freaking out actually the state you are in when you connect is also like you can be so full of light but then have a moment that you're trying to connect out of ego so desperate in that moment that that's a great time for like some of those false guides are so they just come in and out they're like coming to cause problems tricksters thank you lauren and they, you know you get the trickster card and like you know you don't really see them again but and then some of them are some people that are truly connecting over and over again to the same false guide and like sharing prophecies and all this kind of stuff that are right. like just connected to a false guide so you can have you know, the very simple, like just pulling a card and getting the wrong thing to the extreme of I am full. And I've seen like downloads, like complete downloads from false guides. And it's like, it's like scary stuff. Yeah. I want to take this conversation to some practical application and why it's important, not for professional reasons, wanting to give readings, but to have some type of connection with some type of support guide. I personally believe we have different people we walk with, energies, guides, entities that we walk with. And within different lineages, they have different thoughts on what types of beings those are, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, 15 years ago, I encountered my guide. I've encountered two in my life that I work with closely. And the first time I encountered my guide, it was as if, the and the way he, he, I say he, but it feels more androgynous, the way it presented itself to me was like a guiding out of the dark passage I was in. And it would come and I would see it. It was, that was the very first thing that opened was my sight. And it kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And then I started to feel what its presence was like on my skin. And I used to know that when I got that feeling, it would, it would tingle my lips, actually. And when I got that feeling that there was, I started to understand that there was truth that was being spoken or something that I needed to pay attention to. And then over years of connecting, my ability to understand what this guide was sharing with me has just absolutely, completely increased. But I can become disconnected if I'm not meditating, if I'm not practicing, if I'm not really communicating with this guide. And then through years of development in that way, another guide came through who is actually a very different, completely different entity that has a completely different purpose of support in my life. And that also really helped me reveal who I am and part of my purpose. And so I would love to hear just, yeah, practical application of why it feels and why women in general or people in general should could if they wanted to make the exploration to really have that extra support yeah what you described Lauren is is a perfect explanation of kind of guide development um how guides are different I mean it's just it's like a perfect um explanation so thanks for sharing that so you know de depending on what your background is the idea of connecting to a spirit guide may sound almost like paganism almost maybe you know it depends on what your background is so I can understand why some people are a little like this is you know why or this is weird or whatever but I mean it's first important to understand that there's many different types of and we'll just use like the one term for it guides like you can 
you know, your grandmother who passed can be a guide. Archangel Michael can be a guide or Buddha can be a guide, you know, being, then there could be like a spirit guide that's just for you, you know, something, it could be a guide that you've lived with in another lifetime. So sometimes we'll have past lives as a medicine woman. And we had a teacher in that lifetime and that teacher has, is not, you know, is not coming into earth and they can support as a guide. And you actually start to remember that lifetime and you remember the teachings of um, that guide. So there's so many different types of guides, or then you'll have, you'll even sometimes connect with yourself from another lifetime who's trying to remind you, who's coming in for more like personal reasons, right? Maybe coming to remind you of the divine feminine within you and helping you remember your power and all these things. So they can come for messages for the collective and like maybe for like a greater purpose, or they can come in really just for your own process. And usually, you know, there's more than one, some will come and go. And there's so many different types of ways that you, you know, that there's so many different guides that we can be connecting to. The reason I find that important to me, honestly, like is... Number one, I mean, we, we definitely want to get to a place where we can sit and have a beautiful conversation with you, Lauren, Shana, and like, yes, I love everything that you say, but I can also sit here and be like, she said that thing and I loved it. And then she said that thing about me and it doesn't resonate with me. Like it's, it's okay. Like it's, it's important for us to get to the practice of really hearing ourselves and like knowing what works and what doesn't work for us and it's just intuition is it's not just for a person who wants to be you know doing readings it's for for it's for moms it's for attorneys it's for doctors it's for everybody really because we're just there's so much out there these days that like it's hard to even know you know what is true and what do we want to connect with so there's nothing better than being able to connect to the to the light and the source that that lives within you. So that's why I find the work to be important. A spirit guide can be helpful as you develop your your intuition because I really see guides as almost like a reflection of your intuition. So you're there and it helps you get like in tuned with like different energies. So you can be like, okay, this is what I sound like. Oh, and this is what my guide sounds like. Like you learn to get so sensitive and attuned right. to different frequencies. And since intuition is about reading different energy and frequencies like a guide as they come and go they they help you like attune to that also even in a reading let's say you do decide to do some readings or whatever your guides can support you like you'll be like man this thing I don't know I'm getting this I'm getting this message I really don't know what this means but if I've already developed a relationship with my guide like I trust my guide I can understand them they can very much work as translators too so like they can translate something that you, is trying to come through to you, but the vibration's just not matching with you. Like you can't get it. If you trust your guide enough and you've developed that relationship, they end up being a bit of like a translator for you. So that's, that's how it works with me for a long time. And then at some point, you will ultimately be connecting with your higher self too. Like you're going to start to see your higher self come in at some point and be like the ultimate guide for you too. So there's a lot of different variations and and it's fun to work with different ones depending on what you're doing. Maybe you want to like channel a book or I mean, there's just, you want to make a business. And like I, Lauren, you, you know, you spoke about your business in the, in our podcast and you can tell that you're in tune with the energy, the spirit, and you can read the spirit of the business. And that's so important. Like that's so helpful. Yeah. We listened to her, both Shana and I. 
She definitely is a living, breathing entity that we listen to for sure. Mm-hmm. And we try to just be stewards of, right? I think this is another really important topic that we're hitting is it's so good that we are awakening to so many new spiritual things. It's so good that there's so much access to medicine, to ceremony, to to all of these tools that we are that are coming back online. And I think what needs to be the basis underneath all of these this spiritual technology is a deep sense of reverence and humility and authenticity otherwise I do believe things get distorted and performative and strange and so what I really love about you is how authentic you are and how open you are and how just like down to earth and laid back you are and I think that's really important because you know this with a business let's say that you want to channel a business or you want to like you have this calling right the angel comes and you get your calling and the angel does the thing and you you agree to the calling that was kind of like global sisterhood for Shana and I I didn't actually see an angel but it was basically that it was that calling which I believe we all have a calling of some kind whether it's creating a garden or building a business and I think what feels really important, at least to me and the message that I receive is that if I want to continue to have access to the spiritual support, I have to continue to examine my thoughts and examine my intentions and examine the parts of my ego that are grasping and that, that the hurt parts of me that do want acknowledgement or appreciation and just to really learn how to be in right relation with these gifts so that I can, they can be used for their providential purpose. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's really like the intention, like the begin right before you decide to connect, it's important to set that right intention. You know, we, we train people to say whatever prayer makes sense for you, but like mine is usually, may I be a clear vessel for receiving messages? May I get out of my own way? You know, may I, um, if I'm reading for somebody, it would be like, may I be a good messenger for her? May I allow these these messages to come through to me may I share with her what she really needs to be may I be an instrument of your peace truly at the end of the day so you know of course we all want to be like walking down the street receiving downloads here and there but also definitely having reverence for the process of receiving those messages and yes you know we're all going to get to that place where we are downloading at all moments but you know really being respectful of of you know how to do it I don't want to say right because there's no wrong or right, but how to do it in a way that feels um, that it's in the highest integrity because there's there's just so many different ways to to receive it and to not. And also, like, if it's not coming through, like, that's okay, too, you know, and definitely being able to part of it is getting to know your mind and getting to know, like, what are your own false gods, you know, like, you know, is your anxiety there? Is your fear there? Like, are they the ones guiding you? Or is your heart guiding you? Is the light within you guiding you? And really like learning to discern all of that is just, I think it's what we're here for. Yeah. And just to add on to that, I feel like timing is a huge part of it too, because even as you were sharing about the guides and, you know, all the different kinds of guides you can connect to, I could feel this desire within myself to want to like connect to my past life where my medicine teacher talks to me and... (laughs) And I'm like, I want that. And also just knowing from my own personal experience is that when I'm ready to receive it, it will come. 
and sometimes I have to be patient because if it were all to come so fast, you know, my ego would explode. I would think I'm so amazing and that I have all these superpowers and who knows what I would do with them if I were to feel like this inflation um, all at once. And instead they come, you know, when I least expect it and in a time that feels right, like it feels so right when it happens. But it also sometimes requires me to be really patient, which I think for all of us in this, you know, really frenetic, expecting things quickly, expecting responses, everything with a lot of speed, that this journey, you know, takes time and we have to be patient. And we also have to be open to receive because so many of us are so in our masculine and the receptive part is difficult. And so I just wanted to add that too, because yeah, this conversation is bringing up even so much for me. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I would definitely say too, that my ability to like receive is completely connected to my humility in many ways. Like, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't first get excited about intuition because I wanted to be all holy. Like I got into intuition. I was like, <laughs> wait a second. You're telling me that what you just did for me in this reading and you predicted all these things, like I'm going to be able to do this for myself or I'm never going to have to make a mistake again because I can be like a perfect intuitive and I'll know when things are happening. And it was really feeding my perfectionism when I first started, right? Like it was like this neat, I was like, awesome. I'll never have to date the wrong person again. I'll never have to get heartbroken again. Like I'm just going to know because I'm going to be intuitive. So I mean, intuition definitely calls us from all walks of life for many different reasons. And there's no shame in that. Like if that's the way you enter through, like if that's the door you're entering through, you are welcomed. I entered through that door of like wanting to be perfect. But as I, it's kind of like a medicine where as I became more in tune with that own medicine, that medicine was like, all right, well, I'm going to take you for a ride. And I died like (laughs) so much through the process. And one, you know, there's so much humility attached to the practice of or the mastery really of intuition there's a lot of humility attached to that one of the the first things you learn as as you become intuitive is you know you might start like predicting things you're like oh I really feel like you know this partner is coming or like I'm gonna get that job or this house like I'm really feeling like that's happening I can sense that and you may be very much correct for sure but you may be 10 years off for all you know. So I remember like timing, the timing of your download, like the, when the downloads come in, the timing of when that's supposed to come to be is a big humbling process. I mean, I remember, you know, kind of early on predicting all these things and, and being like, oh, this is going to happen. And yes, it happened, but like literally 10 years after I picked it up. So, you know, I have found that my intuition actually gets stronger as I like humble my ass and I'm like, Oh, I am not like, cause at first you get intuition thinking like I could be God. And then later you get into intuition and realize <laughs> I get what this Jesus, d- just Jesus guy <laughs> yes, did. Exactly. I can do this. I can do this. So yeah, it's, um, you know, like definitely your gifts get stronger as you, you know, release all these, the, you know, just go through that healing process, the, the, the ego and all that stuff. But you can come yeah. at, in at it at any time and you are welcome at all times. And it's just amazing to see how it can, how it gets stronger. It's cool to listen to you talk about intuition because the application of 
readings and almost predictions is so in some ways foreign to me. Like I of course read energy and I can do those different types of things, but I don't usually sit down and I'm like, you know, I don't practice sitting down and reading what is going to happen. Ah, that is bullshit. I am <laughs> totally addicted to tarot card readings. So, but I, but I, but it's cool to know that different application because when I think about intuition, I think about like the way I use my intuition in sessions with people or to guide or to create a transformation. And it's the same thing through different applications. Like what you do is very much that as well. And so it's really fascinating to just think about what happens when we become more online as humans and the way we can be vessels for beautiful things, make life a little easier. I'm going to say two things to that. Number one, you'd be surprised how much of us are going into the future all the time. Like anytime you're maybe planning an event and you're like, okay, I'm going to travel to Denver, like in my head. And I'm going to like, you're actually, you're actually feeling into possibilities. Like, oh, should I do it this way or should I do it? And that's actually part, that's like the journey of going into the future. We're just, you would just do it a little bit more intentional. It's a little, a little bit different, but I mean, we're, we're doing it all the time for sure. It's just, we don't know. We don't know we're doing it. And then my second point was there's something uh, you were saying about like, it's cool to see like the development. And I honestly, beyond all like the cool things that you can do with intuition, I honestly think that this is the evolution of the species. Like I, I, you know, we were walking on all fours at some point we decided to stand up. I do think that the species itself is becoming more telepathic. Like we're going to, you know, I, I, what we're doing is a science that like is just not there yet, but you know, our kids are becoming more intuitive. I mean, you, I was at the bank the other day and the bank had some signs saying like, we just want to make sure it's a good vibe or there's good energy here. Like we're, we're already <laughs> using the words, whether they were using that to like, you know, be cool with, be down with the cool kids or, or not. But we we're getting like our species is getting there anyway. So I think that it's, it's just going to be a thing that we end up doing that our species ends up doing with time. So I want to transition the conversation into dating because I'm single asking for a asking friend, asking for a friend, yeah. asking for myself <laughs> and all my friends. <laughs> but it's just, it's such an interesting process. And I used to be the kind of person that was always in a relationship and I felt very safe being in a relationship because I could hide from all my gifts and all these things. And when I started going through my spiritual awakening, you know, I became really close with a girlfriend who was super supportive of my independence. And so as I got out of a relationship that wasn't meeting me as I was growing, you know, I started to become more independent and to learn how to be on my own. And what came from that is everything that's manifested in my life now. I joined Global Sisterhood. I moved to Austin. I started awakening to my spiritual gifts. And I've completely transformed as a person. And I'm also the same in so many ways. But so much of myself has become more open and expressive and I'm less afraid of what I have inside of me, which is awesome. And now I'm ready to find someone and to be met on that level. And, you know, I've worked with this energy of attracting unavailable men. It's something I'm still trying to clear from my system. And I'm on dating apps and it's such an interesting place to be on a dating app because I am so intuitive when I'm in person and I meet people, I can read their energy. It takes me like five seconds to know if I want to spend more time with someone or not. 
And so I'm curious from all your dating research and all of the things that you've written about, like just to share about where we're at in the dating world these days and like what are some things for a single woman to look for and maybe perhaps ways to use their intuition to find the right match. <laughs> I love these questions. Okay, so I have a few things to say. The first is it's, it is a little bit of an interesting time to be dating as a woman who is looking for a man right now because we had a lot of rising of the women. The last, you know, we had, you know, the, the Me Too movement, the the Women's March. It's like we, we had, a, we had a, like a big uprising the last, you know, three years or so. Not, we've always, you know, been working at it, but we saw a big kind of calling out like the guys in many ways. And then the pandemic hit and actually like it was like the death of the fuck boy, you know, like he could no longer just get on a nap and like hook up or whatever. So the male has been going through a bit of a death themselves where, which is very typical when, you, you know, when you're in a relationship, just like, let's say me and my husband, I might have a big ascension moment. Like I was studying, I was working hard. I was like healing myself, whatever. And then, but my husband wasn't doing shit, let's say. And what's going to happen is after I've kind of completed that, he's going to, you know, because I have shifted, I'm like asking more of this person and he's going to have to, you know, pick up his slack and, and start getting to it if he wants to stay with me, basically. And we're kind of seeing that in a collective way between the, um, the male and the female, like just, you know, like kind of heterosexual relationships. Or it could be, I, I don't know if it's, it could also be like feminine and masculine, I'm not sure. But that's why actually like as we see people coming out of the pandemic and starting to date, the men are like, they are evolving right now. Like they're in their like hero's journey right now. So some of them are going to be like completely ready, but we're going to see a lot of them be more ready within the next like six months to year and a half. And that's because of all the bubbling up that the women were doing over the last few years. Does that make sense? I think you're totally spot on with that. I've never heard someone articulate that in that way, but that makes so much sense to me. And I, yeah, I feel them like being prepared <laughs> in a way. Yeah, they, they are. So, I mean, it doesn't mean like don't date or anything, mm -hmm. but we are going to see like, it almost feels like slim pickings right now. If you're looking for a guy, if you're looking for like a, you know, a straight man, as it feels like a little bit of slim pickings where we're going to see almost, um, we're going to be like, we're going to see like a bigger group because it is the, ev again, the evolution of the species. If the male wants to continue to date the female, they have to rise as the, as the female has been rising. So like the species, some of them are going to die out and they're going to exist and they're going to, you know, find like a, another female that's going to be okay with that stuff. But a lot of them are like, holy crap, like I have to, I have to like, you know, get up, you know, I have to like up my game as in like an ascension way. So we're seeing a lot of that happen right now. We're also going to see women date younger men because the younger generation, like this is built into them. So it's that older millennial um, or anything above an older millennial, which is in a little bit of a situation. So if you are a woman that is maybe above 35, we're going to see you date younger guys. It's interesting because I've started to date younger guys and my whole life I was dating older guys and now they just can't keep up and so now exactly <laughs> for the young exactly. so thank god for those young guys and it doesn't mean it's nothing wrong it's actually there's a there's a 
there's a balanced energy within um, our younger millennials mm-hmm. who are above 35, don't have, or they're like coming into. So it's not to like completely throw them out of the, you know, of, of the picture. And then of course, it, there's there's things that come with younger men because obviously it takes time to establish yourself financially and all those kind of things. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's just a time thing and an age thing. But we're seeing that. So that's why this is a particularly tricky time. And I just want to say like anybody who is dating to really know that it's not you or that anything is going wrong. And it may feel like slim pickings and you're not wrong. It's not a, it's not a lack mentality thing. It's more, it's just like your people are, are evolving and they're getting ready. So um, does not mean don't date, does not mean that there's, ex- there's not exceptions, you know, in this like collective read, but it's kind of, it's, it's what we're seeing right now. I feel so much better now. Thank you. <laughs> I just feel like that's true. Yeah, I just feel like that's true. Like that to me just rings true. And I just LOL'd so hard when you said the death of the fuck boy. It's the funniest thing. Like all the people that are in a visa, like, sorry. <laughs> It is. It's the death of the fuckboy, man. Um, I mean, but listen, you know, there's always going to be, as, as we look at a species evolving, there's always going to be like, you know, a side of the species that's still okay with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there, there's, we're still going to evolve a little bit of that, but it's going to be less and less mm-hmm. of, of that. Like we're going to be creating less of those kinds of um, commitments humans. And, and humans. <laughs> yeah, and like future, I'm like future fuckboys. Um, we're going to make less of them. So, uh, so anyways, we're in the, we're in the process of that as for like, if you're currently dating right now as a female and you feel like, all right, I've like done the work, things like that, the best maybe guidance, I don't want to say advice, but like maybe the best guidance, maybe something, if it rings true to your heart is to, is to really hate the word surrender, but it's like, it's almost like you have to kind of go in like very non-judgmental with yourself because you're going to go in, you're going to date and you're almost like dating knowing that this is not going to progress as as fast as I'm ready for it to progress. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's still important to go because you guys are, are still like feeding the pool. Like the more you say no to a guy treating you like this or if the guy's not like whatever, that's actually like advancing <laughs> the, full, the full pool. And, mm-hmm. and we may even see some people end up with a little bit of not a project, but like support like be with somebody towards the end of their ascension. So like I could meet a guy right now who is the guy that I end up with, but like who he is right now is not exactly, so there's a little bit of the rolling of the dice, like almost like an investment is kind of (laughs) an investment date. So we may see a little bit of that too, but um, the female is like not going to be like completely met for about another year and a half. Mm -hmm. So that's the end. Look at that. Those are my predictions. <laughs> Heard it first. Here. Heard it first, right here. <laughs> so we have one last question that we ask yeah. all of our guests. And if you were to speak as the Divine Mother herself to our audience, what would she have you say? Like, all is well. That wherever you are in your story, like you haven't even seen the whole story yet. You know, and that at the end of the story is when you're like, wow, that was a beautiful story. So to mm-hmm. remember and to, to, to allow yourself to zoom out every once in a while and to really see like where you are in your story and that there is, 
when a story is good, like nobody wants to rush through it. Like we want to, you know, eat up every moment of it. And we, sometimes it's like when it's over, it's like, you want to watch, you're like, why is my Netflix series like not here yet? You know, like, why is that, why is the next season not here? So really like you are in the middle of a beautiful story and there's so much more else to come all as well. Thank you so much, Nikki. This is really fun. I really enjoyed myself and (laughs) I'm sure our audience will really enjoy listening to you. And so you can find Nikki at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Novo.com. And she has incredible offerings that I highly recommend you check out if you're working with your spiritual gifts, if you want to explore yourself more, if you want to explore your intuition. She has a podcast. And so I hope you check her out. Thanks, lady. I had so much fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Global Sisterhood, you can follow us on Instagram at the Global Sisterhood, or you can tune in to one of our programs. Just go to globalsisterhood.org. It is such a privilege and such an honor to speak with all these amazing women and to continue to speak with you. If you would like to join one of our circles or programs and dive in deeper and have these conversations yourself with us, we would love to invite you in deeper, sister. So just go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more. Okay, talk to you next time.